Buckner. It is Tuesday, April 16th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. I will be joined momentarily by Dwayne Long, but I would be remiss if I did not remind you to subscribe to the podcast. If you are not getting this podcast via your app, via iTunes, you're not doing it right. Go to iTunes, search on Bucknuts Morning 5, hit subscribe. Every time we put out a podcast, it will populate in your phone. That's the best way to do it. Go ahead and give us a rating on there as well. As promised, we are joined by Dwayne Long. Dwayne, it is a beautiful day in Ohio. That is rare. How are you? Huh. I'm just glad it's spring, man. Uh, we've got an early one for once, Dan. We've, it just seemed like we've had a number of just uh, late, late springs recently. So happy to have a nice one. It is beautiful, and I'm, I got some yard work I need to do today. We are thankful that the spring game also had some great weather for the fans and for the players. It was a wonderful experience. Maybe not the most serious game of football ever, but we will still try and take out of it what we can. We will offer up the standard disclaimer that the spring game must be taken with a grain of salt. All of the thudding up and the non-football-like characteristics of it make it a little bit difficult to extrapolate, and they're obviously not giving you their best shot from a scheme or preparation side, but it was our first chance to see some dudes, especially some quarterbacks, and we will get to those. I would like to start with the new head coach's observations on the game. Ryan Day, after the game, said his greatest concern offensive line. Now, we must also say that offensive lines tend to struggle in the spring game routinely. We have more good defensive linemen ready to play than offensive linemen this year. When you break them up and consider that Thayer Mumford wasn't playing and the Rutgers transfer isn't here yet, there's that. However, Dwayne, do you agree with Ryan Day that offensive line is the biggest concern right now for this team? Uh, after the, the the watching the game live, I I had some questions, and I've watched it again since uh, I recorded the uh, game. It's uh, ooh, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, part of the reason that the quarterback that uh, uh, we did not see uh, very good quarterback play overall uh, is because these guys were these guys were trying not to get killed out there. I mean, obviously, they we this two-hand touch stuff, they weren't going to get hit. But uh, there was just, you know, so many of the bad balls had to do with the fact that these guys were not able to sit in the pocket and throw the football. They were they were running for their lives. So, uh, you know, I I really enjoyed. Yeah, I the the completion percentage for for uh, Justin Fields is not good. But I just like that he was making good decisions. That's where it starts, Dan. You got to get a quarterback who's not going to put your put the ball up and uh, and you know put you in situations where your defense is going to have to be uh, defending short fields. That was uh, a huge difference between he and uh, Matthew Baldwin. Baldwin just kept throwing into coverage. It was uh, you know it was disturbing. It just. Uh, we saw uh, Went look like uh, an All-American because uh, Matthew Baldwin was thrown into coverage. So that was a, the one thing that I think separated him, other than Fields' legs. So uh, I'm I'm not as concerned about Fields. Also, let's remember 
the number of throws he made. I've seen 13, I've seen 14. I didn't bother to count. But either way, that that uh, that's just not a concern. You know, how many balls did he actually get off, you know? So that um, is something that I think is overblown, especially considering a game, if you can call it that. Two-hand touch. The coaches would rather not even play the spring game. I promise you there were two, maybe even three scrimmages behind closed doors that had more impact on coaches' decisions as to not just quarterback but everywhere on the field. So um, let's not let's not put too much emphasis on this. As I said, coaches would rather not even play the spring game, but the fans would, would have a revolt. So uh, that uh, just, you know, we got to see the Buckeyes. We got to see Garrett Wilson look like a special player. We got to see Master Teague look like we're not going to miss a beat at running back. I would say Crowley played really well, too, uh, you know, especially since these guys were not allowed. The guy like Teague in particular, um, in the, his running style, he's going to get hit, and the, you, you're not done yet. you still got to get him off his feet. So he wasn't even allowed to to show everything he can do. I think he had like 75 yards rushing on seven carries. So I remember that number coming out, those numbers coming out at one point. You know, we got to see some things. We got to see some defensive linemen step up. It was, uh, you know, we got to see some things. Just don't put too much stock in what we saw. Don't get too excited about any of it. Don't get too upset about any of it. I look for flashes or when you're talking about, in this case, you know, future NFL players, they term the use as traits, uh, just little things that kind of pique your interest when you see guys play. You pointed out a guy in your uh, post-game or post-spring game wrap-up that literally we haven't heard almost anything about since he arrived, but he is one of those project guys they took, and it looks like it could be paying off, and it's Javante John Baptiste. He was the best. If you know, people are going to want to talk about you know. As I mentioned, Garrett Wilson has looked spectacular, and and Master T. But if you really just sat down and watched his game, he was the best player in the game. He was causing all kinds of problems. Now let's remember, we started this talking about how bad the offensive line is is in need of uh, uh, work, but he exploited it. He took advantage of it. He played the run as well as he did the pass. Uh, and Tyreek uh, Smith just um, – they just were dominant in this game. They they did whatever they wanted to do. And that, that had such an impact on what the quarterbacks were able to do. You know, the defensive line for this team has been built around – you know, one of the Bosa's, essentially, for the last few years. I'm not sure they'll have anyone picked quite as high as that. I guess Chase Young is a threat. But in terms of just overall depth and quality of play, I'm not sure I've seen the defensive line be this stacked in maybe a decade, and I'm only saying a decade because my memory fails me after that. Does that sound like uh, overly complimentary, or is that about on where you're seeing it? Oh no, absolutely. It's it's the depth, the drop off from first to second to even third. There are some guys 
that are running third team that would be starters. And it's across the board. It's not, well, we're strong at end and have some questions at tackle. We are so deep across the board. Antoine Jackson flashed. If you if you watch the game again, you'll see number ninety uh, showing up in there. He was he was very active and uh, he had he had a solid spring game. So the talent level is thick, and we didn't get to see some guys. We didn't get to see Chase Young. We, there are a few other guys that they're just you know not going to put in there to to get hurt in a game that is could not be more meaningless. And, you know, fans hate the, the not tackling thing. And one argument is, well, you know that they had a couple of scrimmages where it was full contact. Yeah, and I bet the coaches were grinding their teeth through those. Getting hurt in spring is just one of those things. You talk to any coach, he's going to say that's the one thing out of his mouth. First thing is, I want to come out of this with no injuries. So, you know, we didn't get to see some of the guys that are going to have an impact once the season starts. This is going to be a defensive line that is going to wear down offensive lines. Just one talent after another. The You know, the, the offensive lineman is in there for the same amount of play as, plays as the first-team guy. Well, then all of a sudden here comes a fresh guy, and the talent level doesn't drop off. That is going to just have an impact. About the middle of the third quarter, offensive linemen are going to be thinking, can, can I have a, have a blow? Can I sit down for a minute? And it's not going to happen. And somebody fresh and talented is going to take him apart. And in terms of the physical side of it, uh, those days are done. The idea of beating your team up in practice and you know, challenging everybody's macho approach in practice, those days are toast. I think we all played football in a time where they didn't let you have water during practice and you knock the crap out of each other all the time. That's fine. But the modern approach to football is to keep everybody healthy, uh, given the fact that the game is a true war of attrition. I agree with this very much. But I don't think there's any question that the defensive line could survive injuries. I mean, keep in mind, Joey, Joey, Nick Bosa only played a few games last year, and they were so pretty good up front. Most teams, if they lost their best player in a top three defensive end or top three overall pick, it would be cataclysmic, so it's impressive. Let's talk real quickly, though, about two guy, about one guy you mentioned and one guy we haven't. Garrett Wilson, every single time I see him, he's better than the last time. Uh, my hopes have probably never been as high for a prospect just in terms of my expectations, and he never fails to impress me. I almost any prediction you made on Garrett Wilson could be taken seriously at this point. But also, we saw something from Jalen Gill. Do you think these guys can give them kind of even a more explosive element to of the offense than they've been able to produce recently? Well, I would say as explosive. You know, it isn't like and now with Wilson, it goes to another level. It goes to another level with him because he did – the, the touchdown pass is something that, that's highlight real stuff. He goes up over defensive back who's in good position. He was on the ball, and Wilson just goes up and takes the ball away from him. When you got a receiver, those are the guys that go in the top ten, the top five of the NFL draft. The guys that just are going to out-athlete people 
They're going to make plays that very few can. And we saw him do that. Later on in the game, a ball that he wasn't supposed to catch, he almost did it again. He had the ball in his hands, and the defensive back's fighting him, and it comes out, and Wilson comes up angry that he didn't come in, come down with the ball. That's a guy who's used to making just spectacular plays, and he expects himself to, and he's determined he's going to. He's saying, I am the best, and I expect nothing but superb play out of myself. He's going to be special. Gil, I don't think he has the speed element that the kid catches a football, and he knows how to get north quick. He's gone. Uh, and, and, you know, the guy that can catch the ball, make the play, first that's what you got to do. I don't care what you can do after the catch. First got to catch it. And he showed hands. He was plucking everything out of the air, and bang, he turns up field. He's not looking to cut across the field and make some spectacular play. Get up field, go. And that that's what impressed me most about Gill. Overall, we talked about the offensive line concerns. I do think those will be solved with some personnel upgrades. Did you see anything else that jumped out to you on the negative? I can't say that anything really did, Dan. I, uh, You know, when you can add uh, Mumford back to the mix, he was going to be uh, – uh, he's, he's out of here after this year. Uh, you know, his improvement over his first two years is pretty remarkable, and he's going to get even better, and uh, we're not going to keep him around. Well, you can add that element in there. We also got the, the kid that's coming in from Rutgers. That's going to help. You know, that that your left side of your line right there is set. The one offensive lineman that stood out to me that I thought played a really good game was Josh Myers. Josh Myers, he was, uh, he was making things happen in there. And uh, a good, solid, you know, I didn't see him be a dominant guy, but I saw him be solid. And and he's just going to get better and better. So, uh, you know, that's that's thing. And we got to put together the right side, and I think we got some elements. that that We didn't see our offensive line. So, yeah, we need to be concerned about what we saw because some of these guys may have to play. Remember, we got 12 scholarship linemen, Dan. That's just not enough. That's the only thing that can be said is that's not enough. So uh, some of these guys, we we may need to uh, uh, count on them for, for a game or two, and I don't know if we can. I, I'm not sure. So uh, let's, let's hope for the best that we stay healthy on the offensive line, keep our starters in there as much as possible, and uh, I think we'll be fine there in the end. But uh, depth-wise, that's a little scary. There's no question. We will keep an eye on that. There will be new names and new faces in there as well. Like you said, the transfer from Rutgers has to get in there. You're going to have to have continuity built between Mumford, Jackson, Myers at all. So it's something we'll keep an eye on. We appreciate you spending some time with us today, Buck Nutters. Please go and subscribe. Have a good one. Buck.